It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us for a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to on today's show. We're going to catch you up on some news and notes when it comes to the BYU football program. Also run down the guard line for BYU basketball looking ahead to next season. What will the Cougars look like on the perimeter? Pretty strong, and hopefully that can overcome their lack of depth that appears in the front court. We'll talk about that in the second segment of today's show. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports in the final segment. A tough, disappointing loss to the University of Utah in softball last night. We'll cover that all for you. Also look ahead to the Thursday night schedule in BYU sports as well. Thanks again for joining us. Today's podcast brought to you by our good friends at ZipRecruiter. We'll tell you about them here in a little bit as well. You can check out this podcast and all the major podcatchers out there. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, and also the brand new Himalaya podcast app. Check out the podcast there. Fantastic new features always being implemented on the Himalaya podcast app. So you can check out this podcast as well as the rest of the podcast universe when it comes to the Locked On Podcast Network on the Himalaya podcast app. All right, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for May 2nd, 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining me on a Thursday edition of the show. Got to run down some BYU news and notes when it comes to the BYU football program. I've been talking to my hashtag sources about certain things. I pay attention to some of the conversations on Twitter, and then I kind of follow up and talk to people about them, really kind of get their insight on if... uh, things that fans are talking about or concerned about or legit or not. And there are two in particular that I want to talk about today. Uh, first is, is the case of Tyson Williams. Of course, the graduate transfer running back from South Carolina. Uh, BYU won a big recruiting battle by getting him to commit to the program. But the situation is right now, is he going to get into graduate school at BYU? We saw Emmanuel Asupa finally get admitted to BYU's uh, graduate program. I believe he said he's doing the executive MPA program. Program, which is part of the Marriott School of Business and Management. And I don't know what Tyson Williams is necessarily pr- planning on doing graduate transfer wise, but he has not been admitted to grad school yet. Uh, the deadline was just recently for grad school. It was sometime this, this week, I, I might have been yesterday, that you had to apply for graduate school at BYU to get admitted. So here's hoping, fingers crossed, that Tyson Williams does get admitted to graduate school and can join the BYU football program. Now, um, the way I understand how BYU works is that the athletic department can really have um, some lean or some weigh in when it comes to un- undergraduates. They have a certain list or a certain amount of exemptions, I guess you could call it, for athletes who may not meet the normal academic standard at BYU, but still fairly high. And we've talked about BYU's academic standards, and it used to be that BYU could essentially lean on the admissions department and get most guys they felt that they needed into school. The admissions department's not playing ball nearly as much as they used to. There is still some leeway when it comes to BYU football, the way I understand it. 
but it's not like it used to be, so it's still tough, but they can get undergraduate guys in. The situation with graduate transfers is BYU's athletic department has literally no say when it comes to graduate uh, graduate school admissions. They cannot go to the graduate school admissions offices, wherever they may be on campus, and say, hey, we need to get Tyson Williams into classes. And they say, yeah, sure, let's do it. They have no, they can't weigh in on that. The situation with Emmanuel Asupa bothered me because this is a kid who went to Rice University. Rice is one of the elite academic institutions, especially at the FBS level in college sports. And the fact that if a kid like that who graduated with a degree in the time he was required to graduate in couldn't get into BYU or had that lengthy delay in terms of getting admitted to BYU. It bugged me a little bit, and I'm hoping that Tyson Williams does not face the same situation because, as we've detailed previously on this podcast, he had lots of options to go lots of different places. He could have gone to Florida State, Western Kentucky, Marshall. He has options on deck for him, and I'm guarantee I'll guarantee that at least one of those programs would take him, get him into school right away, and he'd be set to go. We'll see what happens with BYU over the coming days and weeks as the admissions process plays out. I'm hopeful that he's able to get in because if he does not get in after being such a highly publicized um, recruiting battle, him making that announcement on Twitter, it's going to hurt BYU's perception with graduate transfers. If a guy like this who wants to go to BYU makes that publicly known, uh, announces his commitment, BYU wins a recruiting battle, and then, oh, we're going to pull the rug out from underneath you. You can't get into graduate school, so move along. I think that would be a tough loss for BYU. So here's hoping that they can overcome that and figure out uh, some way. And hopefully, they, well, they can't even really figure out some way. Hopefully, the admissions department and the graduate program or whatever Tyson Williams, whichever graduate school he is applying to, can get him admitted and he can join BYU's football program. Now, the other note I wanted to talk about today is there's been a lot of concern, a lot of people talking about, well, Zach Wilson throwing the ball. And I saw a, a comment that he made on Twitter about throwing. And then Micah Simon said, well, who was throwing the ball to me the other day? And I think people got, took, took some heart to that thinking, hey, he's throwing the ball. What I've been told is that Zach Wilson is, quote, throwing the ball. Is he throwing fastballs? Is he out there gunning it like he needs to during the season on some of these throws they'll need to make down the middle of the field, etc.? I highly doubt that. But I do believe he's out there tossing the ball around as part of his rehab, and that's a positive development for the BYU football program. You want him out there as much as possible, getting into shape, getting himself ready for fall camp, and working with his receivers. And it appears he's already doing that. He was out there during spring ball, taking in all the mental reps, uh, being a player coach, in, in essence, for some of the younger quarterbacks. And I get that's funny to hear that from a, a sophomore quarterback. He's being a player coach, but that's exactly what he was doing. So... It sounds like his rehab is is on track. He's expected to be back throwing fully later on this summer. And the fact that he's out tossing the ball right now is a very good sign. And this, yeah, the quote I got was he's throwing the ball. And that made no indication of, Jake, he's back to 100% and he's making throws up and down the field. He's making the 10-yard out look easy. And I highly doubt he's out there throwing fastballs and really gunning it, but I can imagine that he's out there tossing the ball around as much as he possibly can because he understands that his bread and butter is his ability to throw the ball this fall. Uh, we we had a chance yesterday, like I said in the open, I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. We had Bill Connolly on the show, and 
Bill, of course, works for SB Nation, does an incredible preview series each and every year. And he, he indicated, we had him on yesterday to talk about this, the preview he did for Utah State. And he mentioned that he's having his BYU preview coming out early next week. And uh, there's plans to have him on the podcast once that launches next week. Or well, I'll be on vacation, but we'll probably get the week after. We'll figure out some way to get him on. Maybe we do a special that while I'm on the road, I record with him and put it up as a podcast special. We'll figure out some way to get it done. But he indicated that BYU is coming out next week. But he had some interesting comments about BYU that I wanted to play for you here. And he's very bullish on BYU's prospects as a team, as a whole. But there are two concerns he has. So here you go. Here's the comment uh, from Bill Connolly yesterday with David James and Patrick Kinahan on DJ and PK in the morning on the Zone Sports Network. I don't want to put too much faith in Zach Wilson. He, he attempted like 200 passes in his career so far. Uh, and he's a, he's a true sophomore. There's plenty, he's still got plenty to prove. Uh, and I, I never want to overreact to a bowl performance. I, I go out of my way not to overreact to a bowl performance, but we saw the flashes there. Uh, and, and now he's got a, a very experienced receiving core. Uh, it really kind of feels like he's got a lot of pieces here in the defense. Then a linebacker, maybe. Uh, you know, they, they bring back a couple of, 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 of proven entities, but a lot of turnover. Otherwise, kind of seems like if they don't get hit by severe injuries at the linebacker position, they've got everything else they want to move back toward, like at least the top 40 level. That, that was, they were extremely reliable uh, under Bronco Mendenhall uh, that they were going to finish in that kind of number 30 to 50 range in my S&P Plus rankings. And, and you know, they, they, they crumbled in 2017. They bounced back to 46 last year. Kind of feels like this is a top 40 team on paper. We just have to see if, it, if it's more than that or, or what, you know, what a top perform- what you know, in terms of status, what a top 40 performance actually gets BYU at this point uh, in the game. It'll be really, 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 really intrigued by them. I'm, I'm curious what their upside is on offense. We saw a whole heck of a lot of it late in the year and their defense is almost always going to be good under Satake so kind of seems like that's a pretty good team right there. There you go Bill Connolly on the Zone Sports Network yesterday thanks to them for letting me use that audio and I know I'm thanking myself because I work for the company but thank them for letting us use that audio here on the podcast and it's interesting to hear him say yeah I'm not buying fully into Zach Wilson he's only thrown 200 balls I'm not especially buying into the bowl performance where of course Zach Wilson was perfect throwing the ball in that game and I can understand that I can understand why he would be a little hesitant to buy in completely but I am very bullish on Zach Wilson myself. I'm not going to lie. I think he is the next NFL quarterback uh, out of BYU, and that should excite BYU fans. He also mentioned the fact that the linebacker position, we've detailed this on the podcast, especially in our uh, post-spring recap slash preview look-ahead segments about the linebackers, is BYU is long on bodies, lots of bodies, but low on um production from the linebacking core and you heard him talk about it. he says outside of that he feels like this is a top 40 team and that's that should excite BYU fans I know you want to be top 25 you want to be contending uh, to see your name in the national polls but if you're top 40 you're in the upper echelon of college football because you have to realize there's 130 teams at the FBS level anymore. So a top 40 would be a great goal for BYU, especially considering the stout schedule they face again this year. I understand the first month's the toughest month, and then it kind of lightens up after that, like normal, but it's an opportunity for BYU to make a statement this year, and here's hoping they can go out and do that. All right, we will come back on the other side, talk a little bit about BYU basketball. Can their guard line and its experience 
help BYU overcome their inexperience and their lack of depth in the front court. It's talking about forwards and centers. We'll discuss that. We'll look at the roster, look at some of the transfers coming in, particularly Jake Toulson, what he can offer. And we'll talk all about all that next. Before we do that, though, we mentioned that today's show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. want to let you guys know, hiring used to be hard. If any of you guys are hiring managers, you have a small company you do the hiring for, big company that your hiring manager is part of, you understand the hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites you had to put uh, your posting up on, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy. And you only have to go to one place to get it done, and that's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. Uh, ZipRecruiter gets your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. They have powerful matching technology. It scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and actually invites them to apply to your job so that the way they don't have to find you per se. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates for you so you never miss a great match. And it's also so effective that 80% of employers who have posted on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. So check this out, guys. Right now, my listeners here on Locked On Cougars can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter, guys. It's the smartest way to hire. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Cougars, and thanks again for downloading the show today. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome on in. Hopefully you find it of worth to you. We were about nine months into this venture, and it's a blast to bring this podcast to you each and every day. We had our 180th episode yesterday. Today's 181, and we are not stopping anytime soon. Like I mentioned yesterday, programming note that I will be on vacation next week. If I'm able to, from the road, I might do some live shows or maybe do a show that's uh, more up-to-date, catch up on the news, but... Uh, some of the days will be what we call a best of where I replay some of the interviews I've done over the previous couple of months. Some great interviews we've had on this show. So we'll put those up, let you hear from some of the coaches and players and also administrators slash recruits. All the different interviews will play the best of them for you on next week when the days I'm not able to do a live show. So just a programming note for you guys, but thanks again for downloading the show. Please subscribe, rate, and review. It really does help get the word out about the podcast. Thanks in advance for taking the time. And also, if you feel like you need to drop me a note, you have any thoughts on the on the podcast, questions, concerns, comments, hot takes, you want to advertise with us, you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. You also can follow the show on all the social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Locked On Cougars. You also can drop us an email, Locked On BYU at gmail.com. We'll love to hear from you guys. And I'm actually going to do something when I get back from vacation. How about this? Do you guys want to host an edition of Locked on Cougars with myself? I have some podcasting equipment that allows me to take this show on the road. I don't have to be here in Salt Lake City or at my home to do this show per se. So I'm going to open it up to you guys, the listeners. I'm going to actually let some of you listeners 
co-host the show. You'll have direction of where we go. You got about 30 minutes total to talk about whatever you want to talk about. We'll host the show and it'll be fun. It'll be a fun thing to do. That'll be coming up here in a couple of weeks. So get ready for that. And let me know if you are interested, hit us up on social media and I'll put you on a list and we'll figure out some way to select a winner and let you guys host an edition of Locked on Cougars. I think it'd be awesome to get some of the fan voice into this podcast. All right. I wanted to talk a little bit about BYU basketball. You don't want to take too much time getting all that stuff out of the way, but BYU basketball, of course, we've talked about the lack of the, the depth in the front court, the center position, the forward positions going into next year, especially if the rumored transfers of Wyatt Lowell and Richard Harward do come to fruition for BYU, but I feel like next year, very much like in the latter few years of Dave Rose's tenure, BYU is going to be guard heavy. It's going to be a guard-oriented team. And they're going to be led by Jake Toulson. He's coming over from UVU, the former WAC Player of the Year, the reigning WAC Player of the Year, I guess I should say. He is going to be one of BYU's lead players. He'll be joined by TJ Hawes in that backcourt. I would expect they're probably the starting one, two guards for BYU. Uh, And that's good size if you can do that. TJ Hawes comes in at 6'4". I believe Jake Toulson's 6'5". If I'm not mistaken, maybe 6'6". So that'd be a very big guard line. And if you can add a guy like Connor Harding to that as your number three, a six foot six, 185-pound guard slash forward, who really, I thought Harding really broke out early in the year last year. I felt like he fit, hit that freshman wall or the missionary wall in the latter half of the season, but still showed some ability in spurts down the stretch. He, with the actual offseason under his belt, getting into the weight room, working out, etc., he could help BYU, and that'd be a very, very big guard line that could help BYU. A six foot four, six foot five, six foot six, one, two, three. You have put a guy like Gavin Baxter up there at six foot nine as your stretch four, I guess you should, you could say, and then maybe Colby Lee, if he ultimately is the right guy, or incoming freshman Bernardo da Silva as your other big man, but another forward at six foot nine as well. In reality, that's a massive, massive lineup in the college basketball ranks, and that would be great for BYU. Uh, Ryland Bergerson, of course, is transferred out. We learned his transfer destination is Central Arkansas, and we wish him the best. Uh, Along the guard line for BYU, also coming in, you have returning. Uh, Nick Emery is expected to return. He'll be a senior. If he can regain any of the form that he had before his uh, suspension sitting out the year, he could be a help off the bench. There were moments he had last year where he looked like his old self, but there were few and far between. Zach Selius has not been the same since leaving after his freshman year for a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and then returning. If he can regain some of that form going into his senior year, could be a big-time help. It's six foot seven, 210-plus pounds. He's got the body to really be an impact guy and would be a big help to BYU. But the biggest impact guy I feel like outside of the guys who I just talked about in terms of the starters, if you were going to start TJ Hawes, Connor Harding, and uh, Jake Toulson, and a guy who probably will push for starting minutes is Jesse Wade. Of course, a transfer from Gonzaga. He sat out last season per NCAA transfer rules, the former Davis High star. There's a reason why Mark Few and the Bulldogs wanted this kid out of high school. Of course, he's gone on a mission. He's been far removed from his time in high school out of Kaysville, Utah. But he is instant offense. And if he has to come off the bench as a sixth man... He is going to feast on backup guards. Uh, I've heard Jesse Wade was among the best, if not the best, guard in BYU's uh, rotation last year in practice. Was a menace on the practice squad alongside Nick Emery when Nick had to sit out for the first nine games of the season. 
So I really feel like Jesse Wade could come in and make an impact and even start potentially if a guy like a Connor Harding or a TJ Hawes or even Jake Toulson is having a, an off spell. You sit them down, make them the bench guy, and then he, come, he comes into the starting lineup. He doesn't have the same size as we were talking about. Jesse Wade listed at 6'1", 175 pounds, but he has all the ability to play and play at a high level. Another kid coming off an LDS mission or a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is Trevin Nell. Uh, great player in his own right, but I'm not sure what to expect from him. Missionaries are so hard to predict what you're going to get out of them. I feel like Gavin Baxter was going to be the breakout star a year ago. Well, early in the season, it ended up being Connor Harding. Later in the season, Gavin Baxter had his moments, but I don't think you can count on a guy like a Trevin Nell coming off a mission to really make impact minutes, but he is a great player out of high school, and I'm expecting he'll be a good addition to the BYU basketball roster. Of course, all of this being said, there still could be plenty of um, roster management coming up. There could be guys uh, deciding to transfer. The NCAA transfer portal does not restrict you to a certain time of year that you can transfer. So anytime between now and next October when preseason camp opens for Mark Pope in his first season as BYU's basketball coach, any of these guys are liable to transfer. Do I expect them to transfer? Absolutely not. I feel like most of the guys who were, who transferred, speaking of Ryland Bergerson and Jasheer Hardnett, well, they're, they've moved on. They were kind of the expected guys. Yoli Childs, of course, going going pro. You're losing graduating seniors and Luke Worthington and McKay Cannon, but I feel like BYU will be very much a guard-oriented team, but if you have a 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", 1-2-3 alignment with guys who can score and can shoot off the dribble, speaking of TJ Haas, Jake Toulson, and Connor Harding, that's not a bad deal if you're a BYU fan because that's a big guard line. If you put two six foot nine forwards, let's say in a Gavin Baxter and Colby Lee or Bernardo da Silva out there, all of them listed at six foot nine. That's a very big lineup for BYU. I think that can help them kind of cover up their lack the lack of depth in the front court against teams who may be bigger in terms of the interior, et cetera, like a Gonzaga. So just an interesting look. I think that BYU is going to be a guard-oriented or a perimeter-oriented team for Mark Pope in his debut season as BYU's basketball coach. But if he has that size on the guard line, it very much could help negate an advantage that an opponent may have over BYU in certain alignments, certain matchups. All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back on the other side. A reminder for you, though, uh, before we go and come back and talk about all the other BYU sports news, is that you should, I want you guys to check out the Locked On Podcast Network, and this podcast in particular, Locked On Cougars, on the Himalaya Podcast app. A lot of people, uh, for whatever reason, find that their current podcatcher doesn't suit their needs, doesn't have all the features they want. Well, Himalaya is a brand new podcast, a podcatcher on the podcast universe, and they've added new features all the time. They have personally curated playlist. They can make sure that you're always up to date with new podcasts that may be launching that kind of match with your interests. Let's say if you're a basketball fan, etc. It can help you find podcasts that also relate to your fandom, whatever you're a fan of. If you're a BYU fan, it can help you find other BYU podcasts. I want to encourage you guys, check us out if you're looking for a new podcast. You're on the Himalaya Podcast app, a proud partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. More in a moment, you are Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. 
your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. as we close out today's edition of Locked on Cougars. Thanks again for taking the time to download the show. Please continue to share it with your family and friends. Let them know this is your one-stop shop for all things BYU news. And when you get in your car, plug in your smart device and tell it, play podcast Locked on Cougars. You're a captive audience anyways. You're listening to the radio or whatever. Why not be caught up on all the BYU news each and every day when you're driving around, taking your kids to soccer practice, school, making your commute to work, uh, running errands, whatever you're doing. Download the podcast. Tell your smart device when you get in your car to play podcast podcast locked on Cougars and that way you're always on top of things. Uh, BYU softball last night had the Deseret first dual game against Utah at Gale Miller Field and we're roughed up 11 to 2 it was a 3-2 game look like BYU might be on the comeback trail of course they've had a really good run here of late in WCC action but uh, Utah kind of proved to be the battle-tested team they're not having a great season they're well below 500 in both uh, overall record and their Pac-12 record but I think that so yeah Utah sixteen and thirty two on the year BYU twenty four and twenty one uh, Utah was three and twelve in Pac twelve play they opened the game with a solo home run to left um, and then just proceeded to roll BYU so a tough loss for the Cougars but I think this might. Uh, show that BYU maybe isn't as good as they think they were or think they are etc. because. The West Coast Conference, I'll be frank about this. In terms of softball, there's other there's other sports that the West Coast Conference is very strong in. But the West Coast Conference, as a softball conference, is among the worst in terms of overall top-to-bottom depth in the entire country. It's a new conference. It's only been around for four or five years, if I'm not mistaken. BYU has dominated since they joined the West Coast Conference. They had that run there uh, where they played in four different softball conferences and won all four conference titles in four straight years, kind of a unique record that'll never be matched uh, in terms of college softball or I think in BYU in their athletic department history is such a unique thing but I feel like the WCC for BYU is actually hurting softball because they kind of struggled through their non uh, their non conference schedule where they play some of the top teams in the country and they did struggle. They were well below 500 for a long stretch there to start the season. They get into WCC play play against some of these teams who are not as good as them in the West Coast Conference. They get a little bit fat and happy, I think, and then they struggle. I think that this game against Utah hopefully opened their eyes and that they understand, hey, we got to be playing better. I'm expecting that BYU is still going to win their 15th straight NCAA regionals trip because, like I said, the WCC top to bottom is not the strongest. But I think this loss to Utah hopefully wakes them up. BYU is back in play at um, Cottrell Field in Moraga, California against St. Mary's this weekend. They'll have a doubleheader on Friday. Oh, sorry. They'll have a single game on Friday, excuse me, and then doubleheader on Saturday. Hopefully BYU can get back in the saddle roll through west coast conference play but also realize a game like this should be a wake-up call for them that maybe they're not as good as they thought they were uh running down the other schedule for other schedules for you in byu sports tonight uh, the men's and women's track and field team members who are up in ogden at the weber state twilight continue action today at the elizabeth d shaw stewart stadium uh you can go to the byu cougars website and get a recap of the first day and also later on today you can get a recap of the second day uh the distance teams from the men's and women's track and field teams are headed to stanford california for the 
the Peyton Jordan Invitational. It'll be at the Cobb Track and Angel Field out there in Stanford. So best of luck to the rest of the track and field teams. Ranked 6th on the men's side, 11th nationally on the women's side. Best of luck to them this weekend. Uh, BYU Baseball begins a three-game slate in Los Angeles tonight against Loyola Marymount. First pitch scheduled for 6, six o'clock Pacific time, 7 o'clock Mountain time. Live stream on the W.TV. Also a live broadcast with Brent Norton, if I'm not mistaken, on BYU Radio. You can also hear later on tonight. Best of luck to BYU Baseball trying to bounce back from a tough loss at Cal on Monday and keep that top 25 ranking. We'll be rooting for the Cougars tonight. We'll recap all of it for you tomorrow. Also going to on tomorrow's show, expected to have Josh Larson, Woods Cross High School athlete who committed to BYU, expected to join us on the show. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. Thanks again for downloading the show today. Hopefully you guys enjoy the rest of your Thursday whenever you hear this. And thanks again for your continued support of this podcast. Back tomorrow. Have a great day. This has been Locked on Cougars for May 2nd, 2019. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day